Hey, I'm Kevin. Thanks for listening to our message. We strive each week to bring you relevant, practical, biblical teaching that meets you where you are. Hope you enjoy the message. Uh, We are in the middle of a series called The Gospels. And so if you would open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 16, Matthew chapter 16, verse 24. We'll jump right in. We've been jumping into the Gospels, going uh, through this. This is a pivotal moment in the reading of the Gospel and the the experience of the Gospels, what we're doing, how we perceive it, how it affects Jesus' life and uh, his ministry this week. This is one of these fulcrum moments in which something changes. And so we want to delve into that. And as I was studying the Scripture this week, I kind of noticed some things Uh, that I really hadn't noticed before. This is a particular portion of scripture that I've read, heard messages on, uh, read books about, and never put this together. So if you've never put this together, uh, there's no shame in that, I guess. Uh, Or maybe you have, and I'm just a little slow on the uptake of this. But the famous scripture in this moment is, take up your cross and follow me. Take up your cross and follow me. That's everybody, every preacher preaches this. If you've ever gone to a youth conference, it's been shoved down your throat. It is what you uh, preach all the time. Take up your cross and follow me. Toby Mac sings a song about it. Like we just, you got all the stuff about this scripture. The, the fun part is it's right next to the transfiguration. And if you take the 10,000, sometimes you just have to get up and take the 10,000 foot view of scripture and go, oh, That's what's going on. This, for me, reading it all in a chunk and reading these gospels like this is like jumping uh, or getting a, in a drone, seeing a drone picture of something that you always go to. We had drones come out to Whiteford Baseball and fly around and take some pictures and stuff and and try to do some things. And I was like, oh, that looks totally different from the air than where we walk around and, you know, there's a mud puddle that we always walk in and you see it from the sky. Oh, it's a different perspective on it. When you read the scripture this way in which we are methodically going through the the gospels, you start to see it a little bit different. And so right here in this moment, we're seeing, pick up your cross, follow me, the transfiguration, which is this moment in which Jesus kind of gets this pep talk and download from Moses, Elijah, and God, and then his, he has turned, his face is towards Jerusalem, and we're going to be doing a little, life is going to be different for him. The cadence of his ministry changes, the way in which he conducts himself changes. It's all about the cross from now on, except when you say, this was the mind-blowing for me, take up your cross and follow me, the cross in that moment doesn't mean the cross yet. Right? So the cross to us, because we know the end of the story is sacrifice, it's all the stuff that, that goes along with Jesus. But the cross isn't the cross yet. Jesus hasn't died on the cross yet. He hasn't been sacrificed on the cross yet. That hasn't happened. So something else is going on in the scripture. And I was like, huh. It's one of those moments. I don't know, I don't know if you guys get that. You're reading the Bible and you're like, huh. Huh. And so I, I had one of those moments this week, and uh, it was kind of embarrassing because I've been reading the same scripture for a long time, but uh, this moment was like, oh, okay, so that changes the kind of the thought process on how we deal with this extremely famous scripture of pick up your cross and follow me. Is It must mean something a little bit different, but it has this foreshadowing uh, process of going on. Um, I love her, Tierra. Like... <laughs> absolute 
love it. Uh, so, um, she's so cute. Uh, anyway, um, side note, cute kid alert. Um, so you all were thinking at the too, so I don't know. This, this amazing uh, portion of scripture of of what's going on here with the cross. And so we're going to center on that. And what does this mean? What does this transfiguration mean? That's a really big churchy word, right? What's going on here? What could this mean? What does it mean to me? What do I do with it? There's this mountaintop experience. It is the mountaintop experience. Jesus takes uh, James, John, and Peter up the mountain. I guess Andrew misbehaved or something here. but um, And so uh, it takes them up the mountain to be a part of this amazing, beautiful thing where God um, himself speaks life into the situation. But what does it have to do with us? What do we do with it? Those are often some of these, these questions. Maybe we have a, a mountaintop experience. Uh, the students go to motion and they have this encounter with the Lord that just rocks their world. But what do I do? do with that maybe in your um in your life you're having a a worship experience or a time in which at church or a time spent in the scripture or a life group experience or uh, some sort of prayer uh, experience whatever it is but you're just like whoa this is this amazing moment but what do i actually do with it and so we're going to kind of talk about that today to help us propel into um how to put these big faith moments into action. Living out our faith is about movement. Living out our faith is about movement. Going from where we were to where God has us to be. Living out our faith. Now we have an encounter with the Lord when he redeems us, sets us free, restores us, and and. That, that is something that happens with us. But living it out, actually putting feet to it, is going from where we were to where God has us. And this is difficult. Moving from where we were with the baggage that we have, with the oopsie-daisies that we've got going on, the temptations, the addictions, and the stuff of life, and going to where God wants us is tough. How do we get there from this? And this scripture, to me, speaks directly into that call in our life and that movement that is, that is uh, being pushed into us in this moment. Living out our faith is about movement. There's all kinds of big theological things that happen. Redemption, restoration, repentance. But at its core, it's going from where we were to where God wants us. There's a lot more, even bigger theological words we could throw out, but they're not really that important when you can boil it down and saying, I'm not going to be the person I once was. Why? Because Jesus, and now I, go, I do this. I'm, I'm different because of that. It's incredibly, incredibly, incredibly important. And it's actually at the heart of what we're discussing today. The call, what we do with this scripture, the call is to follow. So the calling on our life is to follow Jesus. That is the call. Like we look, what's my purpose? You want to know what your purpose in life is? What, maybe you need your mission statement at work. You're talking about, well, we were, this is what we're going to do. And these are what we're going to, our, our, our bullet points we're going to hit. The call on your life, who you're going to be. How do you know if I'm being pleasing to God? Are you following Jesus? Because there's a question we ask. I don't know if I'm in the right position. I don't know if I'm in the right job. I don't know if I'm doing this right or hold my tongue right with this thing. 
Are we following Jesus? The call in our life is to follow Jesus. Matthew 16, verse 24. Then Jesus said to his disciple, disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will find it. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? For the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels, and then he will reward each person according to what they have done. Deny themselves and take up their crosses and follow me. This is the statement of Christ. If you think about this statement, it's an absolutely morbid, weird, awkward statement. To put it in a different terms. Pick up your guillotine and follow me. Pick up your electric chair and follow me. Pick up your noose and follow me. The cross is the greatest symbol of of corporate punishment that there ever has been. The cross strikes fear into the hearts of everyone in the Roman Empire. How the Romans governed so well for so long is because if, they, if you were in rebellion and they caught you in rebellion, they would come to their town and it was called a decimation, to be decimated, which is they'd line up every man in your community and one out of every 10 person would just be pulled out of line and nailed to a cross and then you'd be lined along the road. They'd also do this if you uh, had a mutiny in your legion. They would do this to your, um, whatever, how big the mutiny was, they would do that to, to that group of people. A decimation, deci out of 10. And then they would take, uh, do that. So there's a little fear inducing in this. This is what the cross means. This is what the cross, the cultural significance of the cross at this time is, is it's a moment of control, of subjugation, it is the thumb that Rome pushes down on, its, on the people that it has conquered to say, we are bigger, badder than you, and we can do whatever the heck we want. It is nasty. It is one of the most gruesome ways in which man has ever devised in killing another person. There's arguments to be made. There's a few more creative ones, but it's up there. Yeah, you really got to study hard of, of stuff that I don't really want to study. Yes. Uh, I think that's the sound you made when you were on the cross. Yes. Laura's down there, isn't she? Yep. She, she's, her goal every time she's down there is we want everybody to hear the kids. So thank you, Laura. Uh, <laughs> there's that. So this is what the cross means. The cross doesn't mean the cross what it means to us. To me, the cross means forgiveness. To me, the cross means love. To me, the cross means redemption. To me, the cross means victory over death. That's what the cross means to me. But I've got 2,000 years. I've never seen anybody crucified except watching the passion of the Christ. Like, I don't have to live with that image. I don't have to live in fear that if I get too politically cranky, that the Romans are going to come to my community and start crucifying people. I don't, I don't live in that fear. I don't have that anxiety predetermined into my life. And so when Jesus is saying, pick up your cross and follow me, maybe what he's saying is pick up your fear, pick up your anxiety, pick up your whatever's holding you back and follow me. That's not big enough. Pick it all up. Let's go. But you don't understand. He's, he is picking the cross because it is the biggest 
oppression device he can think of. Now, there is a foreshadowing going on there as well, but he's, he's picking up whatever excuse you have. Lord, I can't be seen as a political subvert. I can't be seen as, a, as someone who's going against the grain because the cross keeps me in line. You know what? The thing that, that, that is oppressing you, that's holding you back, pick it up. Let's go and follow after me. It's not big enough to hold you in place. The call on our life is to follow Jesus. In your life and my life, I have excuses after excuses after excuses that I can offer that I think are really good excuses to not follow after Jesus. Jesus, you may not have read in my diary last week, but I've got this thing that really holds me back. And I got this hang up and I got these scars and I got these wounds. Pick it up, follow me. That is so difficult to work through. Um, but it's, it's difficult for your heart to, to, to work through, and it's difficult for my heart to work through. But what, what Jesus is saying is, listen, the best excuse you have, the scariest thing you can think of, pick it up, follow me. Pick up your fear and follow Jesus. Pick up your anxiety and follow Jesus. Pick up the things that hold you in place and follow Jesus. Anyone who wants to save their life, because when we get trapped by these things that cause all this hesitation, we're trying to save our own lives. We're trying through our own means to protect ourselves. And Jesus speaks directly into that temptation to say, listen, you who try to save your own life will lose it, but though you who lose your life will save it. It doesn't make any sense, except it makes perfect sense. What Jesus is saying is, listen, everything, when you hold yourself back to the call of the Lord, you miss out on real life. You miss out on the good stuff. You miss out on the effective stuff. You miss out on the purpose. You miss out on the things that bring value. Even in this moment, and this is where the transfiguration comes in, is uh, Matthew 17. After six days, Jesus took them, uh, took with them Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, led them up a high mountain by themselves. There he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. Just then appeared before them Moses and Elijah, talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, look, it's good for us to be here. If, if you wish, I'll put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, a bright cloud covered them, and a voice from the cloud said, this is my son, who I love. With him, I am well pleased. Listen to him. I love in Mark and Luke, uh, Peter, uh, Peter, it says Peter didn't know what to say. Uh, let's, build, let's build some shelters. Uh, like it's, he's just shooting his mouth off and it's such a stupid suggestion that God himself interrupts him because all three of them says while he's still speaking God says listen Peter shut up just uh, how <laughs> just love like read the room kid like you just <laughs> it's just one of these moments that if you read it like you read it you're like oh okay this is interesting God says he's, he's proud of Jesus oh cool but if you read the timing of it it's it's actually pretty funny is Peter's like oh let's build build some tents some shelters hang out here for a little bit shut up Peter 
This is Jesus, who, uh, you know, my son, whom I'm well pleased. Okay. Um, God doesn't use the word shut up. Those are naughty words. But he does just totally interrupt Peter. Like, no, stop talking. And I, I love that about this because Peter's so far off. He's trying to do a good thing, but doing a good thing keeps them from doing the right thing and the God thing. How many times in our lives, us trying to do a good thing keeps us from doing a God thing? The temptation in this moment is to stay. And that is the temptation that God is interrupting Peter. He's like, no, 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 knock that off. I'm not asking you to stay. Peter says, whoa, there's this amazing moment. Moses, Elijah, Jesus, built some tents. Let's chill here for a long time. And God says, no, 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 listen, this is my son, listen to him. The temptation when we encounter with God, we, we have a change in our life, is to stay put. The temptation is to build a tent, to build a, uh, some sort of like, oh, this, this was the moment. Student ministry is racked with this, but adult ministry is the same way. Oh, they always wanted to come home from motion or come home from some sort of event or retreat or whatever, and we would always be pointing back to the moment that we had. That was such a great weekend. We need to sing the exact same songs that we sang that weekend. We need to do all these same things. We need to pray the same prayers. We have to have the same speaker. We have to do all these things because if we sing those songs and we have the same speaker, then the same feeling and God will speak into my life here now in the future. That is not the point of retreats, women's conferences, student conferences, even Sunday morning. That's, that's not the point. The point is to equip you to Go. But the temptation, and it always has been the temptation, is to stay. We like staying. We can control staying. We can't control going. And so Peter struggles with this temptation. You struggle with this temptation. I struggle with this temptation. We find something that works. Let's just stick with it. Let's stay here. But God himself says, no, 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 no. What does he say, listen to him about? I feel that he's saying, listen to him about, take up your cross and follow me. Whoever tries to save his own life will lose it. But who loses it will find it. That is racked with motion. That is racked with going somewhere, doing something, going from where you are to where God is calling you to be. And that calling on our life does not subside even when absolutely amazing things happen. There's been moments in, in my life and ministry where, yes, if that could happen every week, that would be absolutely amazing. But they don't. Life happens. It's a new day and a new opportunity to do something different for the Lord. That temptation may be your temptation. The, the, the seeking of comfort or the seeking of, I just want to stay here. Are there moments in which we sit in the presence of the Lord? Absolutely. But there also comes in a moment when I got to get up and go follow after him. Matthew 17, 6 through 8. When the disciples heard this, they fell face down on the ground, terrified. But Jesus came and touched them. Get up, he said. Don't be afraid. When they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus. So there they are. They hear, the, they hear the voice of God. It comes in the cloud just like he did in Exodus. You got Elijah and you got Moses, the two rock stars of the Jewish faith, hanging out there. And I mean, these teenage boys' brains are absolutely shattered. Like they have no idea what's going on. 
what could possibly go, be happening here? You know they're looking at each other, giving the whole elbow, like, don't believe this, right? Uh, am I supposed to get an autograph? Like, what am I supposed to do right now? And so this amazing stuff is going on, and so they fall in on, uh, prostrate on, the, on their face in front of the Lord, and Jesus says, all right, hey, guys, moment's over. Hey, Peter, <laughs> right? Like, what does this look like? Hey, get up. Let's go. And I just, if you take it from pick up your cross, follow me, to hey, 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 don't just sit there, to come follow me, you see that faith is about living out this movement that's going from where you were to where you are called to be. The mission is to go. The, the call is to follow, the temptation is to stay, but the mission is to go. From this amazing moment where God has the two biggest heroes in the Jewish faith show up, disciples have no idea what to do, but the call in this, the temptation is to stay, hang out with the rock stars, but the mission is to go. And Jesus himself says, listen, get up. It's time to go. As they are on their way down the mountain, opportunities start happening, start happening, start happening for ministry. Like immediately, and I don't want to go too far into next week's reading, but I, I, w- I was reading ahead this week, and I was like, oh, like immediately. They're not even all the way down the mountain yet, and ministry opportunities start to happen. In your life and in my life, we've heard it. We've sang it. We've read it. Pick up your cross, follow me. But even in those moments, It's the temptation, the inertia to stay put, to sit still, to retract is so strong. It's got its own gravity. But the mission that God has given us is to get up and to go. The call is to follow, the temptation is to stay, and the mission is to go. This morning I want us to pray about what is God calling us to go to. Who are we investing in? Who are we speaking into? Who are we leading? Who are we loving well? Are we, if we take inventory, spiritual inventory of our life, are we just staying put? Are we stuck? Are we just there? And we're hoping and expecting and putting all of our stock into the next high point? Like, it would be totally understandable for Peter, James, and John to still be on that mountain waiting for the cloud to come and just to see Elijah and Moses again. Like Jesus, get up, we're going to go. Now nah, you, you go on down. There's, there's other disciples. We're going to sit here and hang out and wait for these guys to come back down again. Like, I, I actually would understand that if that happened in Scripture. Like, no, 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 no. We're going to, hmm. Did, did you see what just happened? You turned all white and all glowy and all kinds of fun stuff. What? And we do that in our own lives. We have a high point. We, we sing a song. Everybody, anybody ever got stuck on a worship song? That uh, something has to break song got stuck on my repeat for Pandora broke. I almost had to spend $5.99 a month so I could listen to it some more. Because like, I was like, oh, repeat. I had to listen to an ad. Come on, 15 seconds. Repeat. Because I wanted to listen to it. It got stuck in my head. And I wanted that emotion and, and that, that experience of listening to that song. One, I just wanted it more and more and more and more. But then there comes a moment of, hey, your repeats are done. You got to go do something with this. 
You gotta take action on the, on the spiritual encounter that you've had. And I would wanna urge you this morning, like wherever you're at in that, that if you are in that moment of maybe you, you're struggling with picking up your cross, picking up the fears of life and chasing after God. Maybe, maybe you're there. Maybe you're like, ah, I, just, I'm, I don't wanna move. I'm stuck here. This divine calling, this divine pull, this divine tug, say, like, come on, follow me. Wherever you're at this morning, I want you to bring that to the Lord in this prayer moment. Let's pray together. God, we give you our fear, our worry, and our anxiety in this moment. All the things that hold us back right now, Lord, we want to place at your feet. Lord, would you give us the strength to pick it up? Lord, would you speak into our lives that we would hear your voice to say, come, follow me. Lord, when we hear that, the excuses fill our brains faster than we can possibly think. They flood into our brains. And so, Lord, I just, I ask for you to come against those excuses in this moment and this time. That instead of excuses, we would see possibilities. We would be open to your move. We'd be open to your pull. We'd be open to the movement of being a part of you. God, we all have stories. We all have stuff. We all have pasts. Lord, instead of dwelling there and how unqualified we are, may we move to a a point in which we are blown away that you would choose us to follow you. that we would rejoice in redemption, we would rejoice in being set new, that we don't have to go back to our old, that we don't have to return to the old stuff. But we are made a new creation in you. Lord, I don't want to waste that opportunity. I don't want to waste my newness in returning to my old junk. Lord, would you pull us to your heart, pull us to your mission, whatever you have for us, that we would be obedient? If it's big and scary, would you give us courage? Lord, we yearn for your touch, for your guidance. And maybe, Lord, we, may we be bold enough to pray for a, a divine shove <laughs> to get us moving. Lord, we love you. We want to follow you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us at church this week. And a special thanks to all those who continue to support our mission through your generosity. You too can support our mission to reach, grow, and serve our community by giving on the website or through the app. To make sure you never miss out on a message, be sure to subscribe. And don't forget to hit that share button to spread the word. Have a great week.